I'm Hemant Mehta. This is Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. Jessica recently went to the Amazing Meeting, a skeptics conference in Las Vegas, where she had the chance to talk to a number of amazing people. Uh, for this episode, I was joined by the amazing James Randi himself and renowned mentalist Banachek. We talked about the Million Dollar Challenge and the difficulties of testing various so-called powers, the difficulties of performing mentalism and fooling people without allowing them to believe that psychics are real, and what they still enjoy about watching magic shows. Welcome to the podcast for The Friendly Atheist. This is Jessica Blumke, and we're coming to you from The Amazing Meeting 2014. I'm joined today with the, by The Amazing Randy and with Banachek. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. All right. So um, we've got The Million Dollar Challenge coming up soon, yes, right? Yes, we do. Yes. And can you tell me a little bit about who is... Uh, up for the challenge? Oh, Banachek will tell you well, about that. Well, we're trying to, we, right at this moment, we're keeping it a little bit low-key, uh-huh. um, simply because sometimes up to the very last minute, protocol can change, the claimant can step out, so we don't want to get you too excited, other than <laughs> tell you that it should be pretty exciting. Yeah. So, I, I'll tell you this, the claimant that we have, I'm not going to give names or anything, but basically he says he can project a power from his hands that other people can feel. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Wow. And uh, what, how does it manifest itself? It's basically, well, he has different ways that people feel it. Some oh, people feel it sort of as an electrical charge. Some people feel it as heat. Some people feel it as cold. Some people just feel something. <laughs> In other words, um, any time that anyone feels anything, it's him. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much what it comes down to. So and, well, I think um, he's pretty safe. He's got the million dollars. No question. No question at all. Oh. I think that'll be no. easy. Hey, maybe. Uh, the, the hardest part is just coming up with the protocol that works for him and works for us, and we were even working that out today, so it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I have to think that's a very big challenge yeah. for everybody, because you have to come to a conclusion of, you know, both of you say this is an acceptable... Yeah, well, you, you see, a lot of people ask, uh, I, I just got a whole series of questions on this the other day, uh, from email, for some reason or another, I got stormed by... This question from about six or eight different people. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect a conspiracy, you see. <laughs> uh, people are saying, but, uh, how do you decide uh, whether or not, or judge how they, whether or not the challenge has been met? Mm-hmm. And I reply to that, and it's right in the, in the action and the description of the challenge. It says right there that uh, no decision needs to be made. You don't have to have judges Right. making a decision because it's got to be done in such a way that it's obvious whether or not the challenge it, it, it jump off this building right. I say I can fly okay oh didn't work too bad <laughs> sorry about sorry about that yeah. however that is a, that is a challenge we would not accept because we know the consequences exactly so, yeah. exactly well, we what they could strongly be, suspect what they could be and we right. don't want to be responsible for that we, we oh, strongly think suspect of that, yeah. is that you can't put somebody up to a challenge where they stand to anything where they're in danger no. right. oh yes no. or anything where they put other people in yeah. danger yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and that's where you get to a very slippery slope when they start saying they can heal people and right. doing things yeah, like yeah, that because yeah. yeah. now you're dealing with real people and how do you test something like that without putting those people in danger mm. Right, and there's, I can't think of a way that you could test healing powers, right? Unless you're thinking, uh, you know, I cut myself and, I know, there's no way to test something like that, is well, there? Well, it really depends on <laughs> what the claimant's claiming. Um, you yeah. know, what, what, what kind of healing and, and what are the, is it a human being that they're healing? Can you heal others it, or do you heal yourself? What is it? Well, like you see, when you, when you say that, now, images go through my mind immediately. 
healing power. Uh -huh. I could heal a simple cut on my arm or something yep. like that. Now, how would you test that? And I tell you how you would test that. This just springs into my fevered head here. <laughs> that you would uh, mark several, uh, you know, in, in indelible ink in some way on the arm, uh -huh. uh, A, B, C, D, or whatever, one to eight, let's say. And uh, then you would throw the dice to decide which one it would be. Uh -huh. And then what you, what you would do is you would wound the person at that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it gives you captions on it. Yeah. Uh, you would wound the person in that way, in, in some way that's approved in advance. And uh, then you would tape them all up, and then, yeah, so you, you can see how it would develop from that point on. Uh -huh. And which one of them healed? You know, which one didn't heal? Right. Which one, one did you try? And how many trials do you have to do before exactly, you do something? Exactly. You got to decide all that sort of thing. It, it's a little kooky, and but how do you keep an eye on done. the people to make sure that the the, the right. subjects they have are controlled? Exactly. Do they sit there for? Yeah, well, a of course. Day or yeah, what? But you know, I, I, I left one. quietly. Yeah. Don't move. I, I left one point out. You see, you couldn't tell the person which one was going That's to be true. healed. Yeah. You see, mm -hmm. and that have to be secret information, so it's double blind. But now you got to keep the subject and the claimant totally separate and make sure they don't accidentally meet each other. And one says, "Hey, by the way, uh, I'll give you half of the million dollars if you'll take and you know some." Well, we could, we could tear the vocal cords out of the guy. <laughs> you know. it just, it, it's very. Easy it, my point yeah. though, it just gets so complicated. Uh -huh. These things are not as black and white and as no, no. simple as right. people think. They can Even be very complicated. Even when you agree on protocol, yeah. it's, right. it's extremely difficult sometimes. Right. Oh well. Yeah. Well, so we'll not be testing that. No, not, Anytime not, soon. No, not, not today. <laughs> not not today. today, anyway. Um, so you both have uh, very publicly um, promoted skepticism. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to sort of be a figurehead uh, in the skeptics movement? I'll, I'll let you be the figurehead. Well, you're, you're much more of a figurehead <laughs> than I am. <laughs> well, <laughs> and a much, a much better looking profile, and yeah. Well, you can start to say, and I'll find out what you didn't say, and I'll say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, no, no, it's interesting because I'm also an entertainer, and mm -hmm. I entertain by performing the things that I say aren't genuine, mm -hmm. uh, except I say that I'm not real, I'm not a psychic, but there's quite a few performers out there that they rely upon other people believing in what they do to be able to perform their supposed tricks, and, and, and they, they want people to say that, and they get very upset with me because mm -hmm. they say, well, how can you be a performer, how can you be a mentalist doing these mind magic things? And and then at the same time say that it's not real, doesn't that sort of defeat the purpose? So I get a lot of flack from people within my profession mm -hmm. and I get alienated by quite a few of those people as a result because I say, hey, you need to put a disclaimer out there. You need to remind people that this is just, this isn't real. Right. It's simply, it, it, it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I am not a psychic. And I take my five known senses, I create the illusion of a sixth sense. Mm -hmm. And I use magic and I use psychology. I mix it all together to create a show. But I'm definitely not a psychic. So going back to your question, I went off on a tangent. But going back to your question, I, I don't know that I think of myself really as a figurehead. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I can't say that I, I I do. I don't. I mean, not not in the same way that Randy is. Sure. Or, or, or well, you don't or, have a meeting named after you. So that's exactly right. See, sure. no, no, exactly right. Um, but I, I take a lot of hits, but I also get the good with it as well. Mm -hmm. So, and I help to change people's lives. So. I, that's the positive for me. The yeah. fact that I get people saying, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way before, but right. now that you mention it, now that you gave me this story, now that you put it in context, I'm reevaluating it. I did a show with Joe Rogan not too long ago, and then I saw Joe after I had done performed at his TV show. 
I saw Joe a few months later, and he came up to me. He said, Banachek, he said, you completely changed the way an I, Duncan, think about psychic phenomena. I mean, completely. Up until that moment, I was sort of leading maybe into believing in a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But then when you showed me you could do it as well, if not better than those people, right. it completely threw us for a loop, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, many people don't have enough experience of performers like Banachek, for mm-hmm. example. And uh, I often do mentalism stunts when I'm doing my lectures to illustrate points. Right. And uh, I'll have people come, well, the same way with, with Banachek, have people come to me afterwards and say, wow, I, you know, I, I saw something similar to that. It wasn't done as well uh, or whatever, uh, but I had believed it before. I've got to think twice. As soon as they come up with that phrase, I'm going to think twice from now on, Victory, yeah, right there. Exactly. Absolutely. Because that's, that's the, the idea, is to get them to think about it. It's mm-hmm. not to shove something down their throat. It's no, not no. to change completely the way they think about something. It's to give them enough information where they can make a critical decision for themselves as to whether they believe or not, or whether they want to research a little further, or simply saying the smartest thing a human being can say is, I don't know. Right. Yeah, very true. Well, and that was interesting what you said about getting pushback in your, within the mentalism community regarding... Yeah. That you're ruining, what, ruining the fun, I guess, for people? Well, or? Yeah, yeah, but I don't see it as ruining the fun because people are still amazed when they walk away. Right. They have no clue how I'm doing it. No, absolutely. They just know that I'm, I'm not a psychic. And, and it's been interesting because I, in, in that arena, in the mentalism arena, I do sort of see myself more as a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I've changed a lot of way that people present mentalism. And they credit a lot of that to me. And, and, and that, that, I mean, I'm very humbled by that, but it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you think you, you know, kind of the energy? So, you're all coming from the entertainment community when we're talking about skepticism. I mean, come from entertainment, mentalism, magic, things like that. And then you've got people who are coming as PhDs or, you know, doctors and things like that. How do those two aspects blend to make the movement stronger, in your opinion? Hmm. That's a complicated question. It is a complicated question. I realized Um, that as I was saying it. (laughs) It's interesting. You know, you mentioned about being a figurehead, and there was one thing, after after now when you were giving that question, I thought about that for one second, and it is a thing of we find, and I'm sure Randy has found this through the years, um, that he... You have to be a little. You have to think a lot more about what you say and do, mm. yeah. and a, a lot more. You can't just go out there and say things. You've got to do a lot more research, and you've got to make sure that you're right. Because if you're wrong yeah. about one little thing, they will grab onto that, and oh, that's yeah. the thing oh, they yeah. will pound you with. In desperation, they yes. grab that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, I, I do find that as sort of the figurehead in the movement of. of yeah. the issue, oh, but yeah. I, and I think that's also where when we work with scientists and we work with those people, coming back to your current question, I think it gives a lot of credibility to the movement on many different levels, and it gives us credibility as well, because they're willing to sit there and they'll say, look, you know, Randy may not have a PhD, but he's the smartest man I know when it comes to this stuff. Hmm. Well, well I, no, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, no, I understand that to a certain extent. But I, I've got to differ with you on something you said just a couple of minutes sure. ago, we could go back into the tape, but I, I won't embarrass you <laughs> no, by doing that. You said something about your five senses. Mm. There are more than five yes, senses. Yes, there's up to 20 senses, but you yes. know, the five senses that most people think of. Yeah, is, yeah, okay. Yeah. But there are lots of, there are yes. some sense senses that, that sense most balance, people don't know about. Sense of, yeah. Temperature, for example. Yeah. Sure. Temperature. Now, what, how could that enter into it? Well, for one thing, this business, you. you We've probably seen the mentalism stunt 
I'm, I'm holding up a hand now, okay? Mm-hmm. And suppose you aren't seeing which hand is held up. Okay. All right? The, Hypothetically. Yeah. Okay, there you go. People at home don't know which way. Now, you tell me which hand I just held up. Look at the difference. Oh. The pale hand sure. and the flushed hand. You see, it dies away very quickly. You oh. have to watch very quickly. Uh, and I, to our radio audience, our, our radio, our sonic audience, our <laughs> audio audience, whatever, uh, I would explain that I just held up one hand above my head and I held the other on the table. Mm. And when you lower both hands, if the psychic were now to turn around and determine by some sensory means which hand I just held up, right. now chances are one and two, that's not very big odds to beat, of course, but it would just be the paler hand. Yeah. Right. Because and it depends on your age, and mm-hmm. depends. It, it depends on your Afro American too. That yeah. it would make a, it would make a great deal of difference. You see, and uh-huh. these things we've got to take into account all the time. It's really interesting. Um, so, do you think you know, as as professionals in the magic mentalism world, do you think you have a responsibility to make sure your audience understands that this isn't real, this is an illusion? I'm using. Yeah, I, I, a lot of magicians will say, and they love to use this, and I just think it's so faulty, but I hear it all the time. They'll say, you know, when you're on a stage, if you're doing Macbeth, the actor doesn't stop and say, oh, wait a minute, I just want you to know I'm really not Macbeth, because it's all about context, right? Uh-huh. And you know when you go see a play, it's a play. Right. But using that same stage, if I get a neuroscientist up there, and he's talking about the human brain, after a while I start going, okay, this guy is really a doctor, and he knows what he's talking about, he's not an actor, and it's context. When I go on stage and I perform these miracles in the mind mm-hmm. that people cannot explain that look like they're psychic, I become sort of the authoritative figure on that. Whatever I say, because they need an explanation, whatever I say is pretty much the direction the majority of those people are going to go. Now, I know there's people that are going to come to my show that aren't going to believe no matter what I say. There's going to be a portion that come to my show that aren't going to believe no matter what I should say. You know, uh, did I say that? Did I say that? Right? Did I just repeat no, that's, that I was all mixed up. Yeah. We, we forgive you. Okay, so there's a portion <laughs> that come and they believe no matter what. There's a portion that come that won't believe no matter what I say. Yeah. But there's a large portion that come that have never seen this before, mm-hmm. and they have no clue what this is and it looks real it feels real yeah. so I have a responsibility to remind them that hey I'm a magician mm-hmm. I'm not a psychic mm-hmm. this is all simply for entertainment my, my job on stage is to entertain people it's not to create a whole new belief system or yeah. change that belief system and you've got to be very careful not to do that not to, to allow it to get out of hand because if you send people away believing that they've seen something that is psychic or supernatural or whatever you want to use as a, as an adjective there. If you don't correct it, as Banachek always does very carefully, mm-hmm. uh, and, and good mentalists will do, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't do that, you're guilty. You're guilty yeah. because you can change somebody's entire philosophy. Now, look at Professor Phillips, yeah. for example. Now, we won't go into all the details of this, of course, but there's a, a very advanced academic who was taken in by what we call Project Alpha. Mm-hmm. And Project Alpha, Jack uh, Steve here, was one of the uh, participants in that. And we proved to this man, this leading academic, an intelligent man, we have no doubt about that whatsoever, and a, a very trained gentleman too. We proved to him beyond any doubt that the two kids were doing an act, doing a mentalism act, and they showed him how it was done. Mm-hmm. They explained it to him in detail. He still professes 
to believe. And I think he does. I, I don't like think it's just a, a suggestion. Yeah, it's like if I'm, you know, when we came out at the very end and we explained that uh, we were magicians and this had all been a hoax, it was a constant question of, well, what about this? Well, what about yeah, this? What about Looking this? for what about one thing yeah. that they could hold on to. Just one little thing that they yeah, could and hold and on to. Keep in mind that as a mentalist, sometimes I just throw things out there. And I'm pretty good at getting lucky because I've done it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I know what hit hits. And, and I can't always explain all of my hits. But it would be weird if none none of those things hit. Right. That would be the strange thing. Not the fact that some of them hit, but it would be weird that none of them hit because I throw so many things out there. Yeah, the sad thing is that when you get somebody after a mentalism show like that who says, well, you can say that all you want, but you couldn't have known about my grandmother yeah. kind of thing. They will choose one example. Yeah. They search for it. That, that you couldn't have, and it might just be a lucky guess or you were in the middle of making it you hadn't finished it and they finished it off for you there are people out there that truly believe that Brandy's psychic and that oh, yeah. he's just hiding it oh yeah you know, I, I've had this accusation so many times and, and, and you know I'll tell you another thing too this is sort of giving professional secrets but you'll forget all about this right? Yeah, I, and we'll edit this too nobody's listening it won't be any good edit edit ready to edit now <laughs> I see Steve here at Banachek. I see him on stage, and I'll see a couple of, of subtleties and inside. If you could hear me inside and say, oh, yes. You know, I just admire some subtle little thing that he did by a gesture uh-huh. or by picking up an object or whatever. It seems very subtle. It doesn't seem to be important at all. But I look at this and I say, way to go, you know. And it's all inside, uh, and I just hold on to it. I, I want to do a little cheer and say, yes, <laughs> you know, but I don't. Because he, well, the experience that the man's had, mm-hmm. I mean, all over the country and all over all the world, world, I mean, yeah. he, he's got a reputation as, as a mentalist that, again, he's careful to disavow, always. That's very important, and that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Do you both still enjoy going to see magic shows or mentalism shows? Oh, absolutely. No, let me... Oh, oh, no, 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 that's my answer. No, no, time to correct you on that, okay? Okay. Because I enjoy going to see good magic shows. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I'll go along with that. Okay? I I accept the correction. There's some very good magic out there, but there's a lot of bad magic out there. Oh, there are so bad performances out there. Unfortunately, it's why when you say magic, it has such a bad reputation. Because they think of Uncle Charlie doing a coin thing out of a kid's ear or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Although that's not bad. I was delighted by as a kid. Don't don't discount those. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My childhood memories. But when you see kids looking in the mirror for more coins, you know know that you've done something nasty. (laughs) But do you, I mean, can you go and just sit back and enjoy it? Or are you always trying to piece it it apart? It's difficult for me. I sit back, if it's really good, I sit back and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really, I can honestly say, I don't think I've seen anything. I can't remember the last time I've seen it. And I wouldn't even tell you what it is. Something that really truly fooled me. Mm. There have been times where I just didn't care, and I no no what I mean I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I actually mean that the opposite way of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, where no. the performance was so good oh. that I sat back and enjoyed it, just enjoyed it as a and, and then and then watch it, and then later on go, oh, you know what? I need to see that again because. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, actually I thinking about it. Then when next time I go, oh, okay, there, there, I see, I see everything that I need That's to see. That's the hallmark of a good performance, so, right? If you're not yeah, oh, yeah. worried yeah. about how it happened, you're yeah, just delighted yeah. that it did. Oh yeah, no, I, if I see a good sleight of hand artist, for example, uh, with a deck of cards or with an object, with a mm-hmm. simple object, uh, 
I, I just I get breathless from yeah. time to time. Now, what's his name? The uh, the one armed. Uh, Magician. Oh, um, oh! You caught me off guard. Yes, no sleep. And, yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Maybe it'll occur to me. There is a one-armed magician out there. Uh-huh. I've seen him do things that are so close to supernatural uh-huh. because he has only one arm. Yeah, yeah. It's just incredible to see him work. Is it Rene? Somebody? Uh, yes, that sounds yes. right, doesn't it? Rene I, the impression Thank is coming you. to Levelin. me. Levelin. Levelin. That's the audio track. He doesn't get to talk. Levant, 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 yes. Levant. Yeah, I got that from the from the, the far off mists of the time help is trying to get in on yes. the show. You just typed in one arm magician. <laughs> it came right up, right? Is that what you did? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, Magic. I'm just came to my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got a different. different uh, you have a pen in front do of you here. Was it magic? A blue and white radio student pen. All right. A, Right. Yeah. So oh. Randy has a blue and white pen. He's All just right. taking the cap off. The He's cap putting it on, on the side. To be on the table. <laughs> I, would you hold that uh, on the object for us? I'll roll it by sleeves. You'll see nothing here but a pair of skinny arms and a cheap wristwatch. Well, it's not all that cheap. But now, th- this is a new... Oh, I don't know whether this one's going to work or not. But we'll, we'll give it a good try so anyway. He's holding the pen, and oh, in midair, it completely No, it didn't work. The pen always disappears. It comes out from underneath my arm over here. I, the I, pen has just reappeared again. You <laughs> folks at home didn't see all that, but uh, with a running commentary, you wouldn't be much better off. But I just made a, a simple sleight of hand trick of the table here to make a pen disappear. And now you can't write, and you're in deep trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I better that's, re- that's repair it. Here. Oh, now it's gone again, so you completely disappeared. <laughs> This, this is incredible. I, and I always have an armpit full of them. Under the arm again. Well, anyway, th- that was not very entertaining for the audience at home. I don't know. I was entertained. Yeah. They were fine. That part yeah, will be edited out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he'll just say he did something truly amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like I probably technically know how Matt... You can have that back. Um, how magic works. I'm just delighted by it for some reason. There's something about close-up magic that just... I don't know why. I'm, it's kind of, I mean, I was a dancer for a very long time, and the same thing, like, I understand the technique, and I appreciate the technique, and I feel like that's what you were saying before, is you yes. know how the sleight of hand works, but you just enjoy watching somebody yeah, execute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. There's that, too. And, and you know, sometimes <laughs> when, when something's being done up close, people will say, oh, I'm, I'm very close to it. Now, you're not going to get away with anything. <laughs> Because they're so close, yeah. they don't see the surrounding, and they don't see yeah. some of the methods that are being used. Yeah. And other people around the table are roaring with laughter because they saw it so easily. Well, but the person that, who's got the eyes 18 inches away from the object or the, the hands or whatever, they think, oh, no, I'm so close to you, you can't possibly get away with that. And sometimes a magician will use that, you know, say, look, you're not looking close, you're not looking, and then you look at me for that one second. Uh-huh. As I'm telling you, you're not looking close enough, and so you look away from what you need to be seeing. Yeah. I feel you see that a lot in uh, when I see street magic. When you, you know, yes. you're my person yes. I'm doing the trick to, yes. but everybody else is enjoying yes, the show because I'm indeed. picking your pocket. Incidentally, I, I must say that one form of magic that I am absolutely fascinated by, and I, in some ways, wish that I could do it better than I do it, would do it, I, I, I've never been in the field, is street magic. Mm. Because you're surrounded by people who don't Completely. give a damn about you. Yeah. yeah, You just sort of wave them in. Say, yeah. you want to see something, folks? And you ask them to come in closer. Mm-hmm. And of course, the closer they are, often, the easier it is to fool them. But the point is that you're in the raw public. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay to get there. Mm-hmm. They don't owe you anything. They don't have to applaud or react in any way. And you've got to get out there 
bare naked in front of them, essentially. And win them over. And win them over, yeah. yes. And you've got to start from zero. Sure. And a lot of these people, that's how they make their living. That's how they make their living, day after day after day. And they're very, very good at it, particularly in the thing of getting them to, to stand still just for a moment mm -hmm. until they can show them something. The yes. it, it's very subtle, very subtle and very well done, and I'm in great admiration of street magicians. It's the amazing thing about every form of magic is people, I'll give you an example. Um, my daughter the other day, and I've got six grandkids, and she said to me, she said, will you come do, you know, Michaela's, uh, you know, uh, uh, school, come do some stuff at the school? I said, Kelly, I don't do that kind of magic. She's, you know, almost five years old. I'll go there. I, it just, I can, she said, oh, Dad, you can just make a coin disappear like you do at home or uh -huh. something like that. They'll be happy. I'm like, Kelly, you don't get it. It's a certain kind of talent. And she said, no, no, you can just do it. So <laughs> I call my friend. Um, uh, and uh, uh, and Jamie Salinas comes. He says, oh, you know what, I'll come do it. I said, I'll pay you. He said, no, no, don't have to. I'll just come do it. So he comes in, and he's got all the little kids there, and they're looking to the right, they're looking <laughs> to the left, they're doing this, they're laughing this. And my daughter turns to me and says, yeah, Dad, you would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right. Yeah. Because yeah. every area of magic takes a certain kind of talent. It's, yeah. it's, it's very few magicians that can actually do two areas of magic and do them both yeah, very well. Yeah, very true. Very true. It's almost like asking Vladimir Horowitz to come to your school. Uh, they haven't got a piano, but play anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Just, just a couple of notes. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. So, what draws people to different kinds of magic? Do do does mentalism attract a certain kind of person, whereas close-up magic attracts another? I think it similarly. Uh, yeah. But mentalism is is something that, in many cases, people will go great distances to see it if they believe that it might be real. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why what Banachek does, the disclaimer, is extremely important. And I, I you know, I, uh, I wouldn't accept them any other way, mind you. Sure. But uh, th that's a very ethical thing to do. Very, very ethical. And uh, I know that he'll continue it. And what's interesting about mentalism is it is a very obscure area of magic. When I started out with mentalism, I didn't know there was magicians that did mentalism or did mind magic. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I read Randy's book, and it was about a psychic who claimed to be genuine. So I knew that there were psychics that used these trick con type methods, mm -hmm. and I started putting my own methods together. And that's kind of how I got started. Most mentalists, I only know of one other one. But almost every mentalist that's out there started out doing regular magic and then moved into mentalism. And it's a very different way of thinking when you're doing mentalism as opposed to doing magic. Mm -hmm. um, it's, and and I, I'll give you an example. I had a friend who's a magician, and I had come up with a thing where there's basically 50 words, and you're using homonyms of the words, and there's like four, like write, W-R-I-T-E, R-I-G-H-T, and so on. But there, there, there was five positions that could be chosen. We only had four words that mm -hmm. were duplicates that, that could be that were written differently. And so in the last one, I put the word ripe, R-I-P-E, because it sounds like right. Mm -hmm. This is a mentalist way of thinking. I can go, is your word uh, ripe? Uh, and if I see you smile, I know it's ripe. Right? But I go, ripe? Uh, no, right, it's right, isn't it? Uh -huh. I've got a hit. So either way, I see the hit, but I'm going off your reaction. Right. My magician friend put the word wrong in that position. He thought it was very clever to say, would I be wrong if your word was right? And if you go, yeah, you're wrong, yeah, then I'm right that your word is wrong. That's the difference. That's how yeah, a magician yeah, yeah. would yeah. see it, as opposed to how a mentalist sees it. Oh, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, we're just about at a half hour. Um, just to wrap up, when... Already? Oh, it's been such fun. I did. Hallelujah. I should really charge sarcastic, you. <laughs> 
That hurts my feelings. I was having a great time. I was too. I have no clue what he's talking about. (laughs) Um, So so, uh, just to wrap up, um, when's the last time you were just utterly amazed? Well, I'm amazing, so uh, that's hard for me. All right, Benchuk? Well, I'll I'll tell you. No, I I shouldn't mention his name, but uh, I I was at a gathering, I think it was in Europe, and uh, someplace in Europe, and... uh, he was going from table to table. It, it, it was in some sort of a cafeteria sort of setup where people were sitting around tables having lunch or whatever. And I saw the guy, and I recognized him. I know him well. And I saw him going from table to table. And he would always get from that particular table as he turned back to, for the denouement of the trick. They were going, wow, kind of thing. And I thought, I wonder what he's doing. See? And I won't go into the details of it. But as he came around to my table, he looked at me and he, he gave, well, have you, have you seen now, and I'm now putting my right, the index finger of my right hand up against the right side of my nose and just moving it sideways as if to flick something off my nose. From the, uh, what was the, the I know, but it's like the old mafia, like mm-hmm. the boys are in, you know. Yeah, yeah, the, this business here. Yes, yes. But that's from uh, the sting. Yes. From the sting. Yeah, the cons. That means when you do it with another magician, Uh I know what's going on. I'll cooperate. I'm in the bag already. Uh Ask me anything, and I'll say it's right, you know. Yeah. You're going to stooge for him voluntarily. And uh, as the fellow came over to the table, he spotted me, and he he did a sort of recognition thing by drawing back a bit Mm -hmm. with a smile. And he he did the nose thing. Uh And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll be called upon. But it it was somewhat different. The trick was so simple and no one at the table caught him at it at all and when I just watched the whole thing happen and my mouth hung open because it was it, it was really astonishing we'll, we'll talk afterwards Steve. Oh, okay. that's it? <laughs> really? you're going to leave him hanging? yeah uh, oh yeah yeah no I, I, I can't I wouldn't mention the gentleman's name or even the country that we were in but uh no, it, it was it was a great moment for me uh-huh. just to see this thing and see the astonishment uh-huh. on everybody around the table and know how simply done uh-huh. it was. It was a just it was classic. It was the classic. best magic has a very simple explanation. Mm-hmm. Yes, the worst magic usually has the most complicated explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's absolutely true. I mean, yeah. some of the best magic is just so it's so sweet and it's so simple mm-hmm. and it's just so uncomplex that you just don't think that that would ever be the method. No, no. Yeah. Well, I found um, last year when I came and I saw a couple people do tricks and I think one thing, you did a mentalism thing and I just asked someone, like, you know, tell me how I did it. And I found out and I was like, oh, I'm not going to ask anymore. That's not a no, good, that's no, not no, fun. People that's don't want to know. They shouldn't have told you. I can't believe somebody told you. Well, See, the Masked Magician thing. program really disappointed a lot of people because they yeah. said, oh, I thought it was much more interesting yeah. than that. The secret of it, that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, you have a nail in the box or something like that. You know, right. oh, I thought it was something super, well, something super scientific or right. whatever. You know, yeah, and it, and ever since then, I'm just, I don't ever want to know. It's never going to be better than. Well, we won't tell you. To, yeah, we'll, we'll spare you that knowledge. There you go. I'm amazed every morning when I wake up that it's another day. <laughs> yeah. and I'm here. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, there's so many amazing things that are just not pseudoscience, but just natural things in the world that I don't have to. Follow any sort of pseudoscience to be amazed by stuff. There's just so many beautiful, wonderful, almost there. You can explain them, but some of them are almost inexplicable. Just the beauty of something yeah. amazes me in this life. Well, Steve, at my age, you see, 
uh, at 85, you know. <coughs> uh, I, I have a somewhat different attitude on that. I wake up in the morning, I don't move my head, and I look at the ceiling and I say, I guess I made it again. I look sideways, <laughs> look to the other, yeah. in the other direction, look up at the clock. Damn, I did make it again. <laughs> I, I'm always just a little astonished at that. One of these mornings, I won't wake up, so I won't be astonished. But don't worry about that. He'll still be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate both your time. Thank you. And uh, look forward to seeing what we have coming up this weekend. Excellent. Okay. And um, this is Jessica from the Friendly Atheist podcast. You can visit us online at friendlyatheist.com. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. Our theme song was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. And thanks to Michael Greif for helping us with on-site recording. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blimke. We hope you join us next time.